0: And welcome back to another episode of Go Native, the business of native plants. My name is Mitzi Sosa and I am your host. Today we're taking a trip down to Miami, Florida and talking to Nama Native Landscapes. NAWA Native Landscapes is a full-service practice in Miami dedicated to sustainable landscaping using South Florida native plants. It was established in 2019 by Natalia Manrique and Mauricio Gonzalez after they transformed their own backyard into a native ecosystem that fosters and nurtures wildlife. Mauricio and Natalia are avid campers and hikers and are always looking into Florida's backcountry nature for inspiration in their projects. Looking
1: for it. Okay, so my name is Natalia Manrique. I'm the co-owner of uh, Nama Native Landscapes.
2: Yeah, well, I'm Mauricio Gonzalez, the, the other co-owner of Nama Natives. And with Natalia, my wife, we, yeah, we own Nama and run Nama from from the start.
0: (laughs) That sounds like a beautiful partnership. Could you tell us what is it that Nama Native Landscapes does in Miami? Uh, We
1: design and uh, install and maintain sustainable
0: landscapes here in South Florida. So this is the first native plant-related business you started, right? Yes. Yes,
2: first and only so far
0: can you tell us why you started we uh,
2: everything started us going camping here in south florida mostly florida pretty frequently uh, in the winter mostly you know the summer is a little bit the uh, makes it a little bit more difficult for us to go camping the box the weather but the winter for us is like every other weekend we go camping even for three days three, two days or even like a day hike and we got enamored uh, with the south florida um, the vegetation the geography we got uh, we got to know it because um, South Florida landscape is not like when you go to the Grand Canyon and you as soon as you like uh, look through the window you you are amazed. Here you have to like spend time and really look to detail and get to know what surrounds you. You know, and then you start discovering how much beauty. There is in such a, like a delicate way, you know? So well, every time we come back to Miami, to a house, we started to notice the neighborhood. It doesn't look at all <laughs> like what you see out there. Not that I want the neighborhood to look like, like the Everglades, but you, the plants you see in the houses, you don't find them in the in the wild. I think that was the, the, the first reason we were like, I mean, there's something wrong here. If, if people do not plant in their, in their yards, what has been living here for thousands of years, there is a disconnection between, uh, between uh, the, the, the fauna and flora and, and us, that we are the ones occupying the more, pretty much the more land and in the state. Yeah, we started in introducing native plants. We started going to na- uh, nurseries with native plants. Then we started buying a few plants here and there. We started plugging them in our, in our yard, and the yard started to uh, take shape and it started to look uh, nice in a different way. And friends came to our house for a barbecue for like a visit and they they liked what they saw. And one of them, our first victim, uh, <laughs> offered us her uh, driveway island in the front of her house to make a little design for her. And we did a design. We, we went there and installed it
1: uh, ourselves. It was like a weekend. I mean, minded, all of this was happening while we were employed, right? So in different, you know, in our uh, previous life <laughs> we were artists. what did you do you were an artist so I, uh, yeah I'm an artist as a by profession uh, but I work for a foundation in the arts you know community outreach uh you know for many years since I graduated and Mauricio also was a you know a studio artist uh, for many years we were kind of like ready I mean I guess things were not going the way we hoped that art was not giving us what we went into school for, and we were ready to find um, something else. Of course, we wanted to. this little, you know, it was exciting for our friend to ask us, I can you do our garden?" i like, "Yeah, sure." You know, it's exciting. It was, you know, something fresh.
2: This what we're the designing the, the Florida native plants uh, work we're doing with we're doing now. Felt a little bit more uh, like uh, down to earth for us, mm. uh, more fulfilling. and yeah, like,
1: I, like it served a purpose. Yes. You know, it um. does, you know, it's not only, of course, you know, the, the uh, fascinating aspect of creating the design, but it serves a purpose for for the environment, right? right. For our yeah. uh, community, for our children. So it, it was kind of like, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was very exciting to, you know, think that. You're doing something that, you know, of course, is, you know, a business. You're trying to
0: make money, uh, but it has uh, that impact. Yes. Right. And when you did your first landscape for your friend, did you know that that designing was something that you could do or did you like go home and then start Googling? Is this something I can do for <laughs> well,
2: It was kind of like that. I think I downloaded, downloaded a cheap app for free in the phone that you can do like landscape design. Uh, and i play a little bit with it and it was a struggle but it it, it helped me a little bit to uh, realize that it was really helpful uh, having a program or like a, a platform where you can d- design properly you know and mm-hmm. it was like oops i think we're going to have to go to design school <laughs> uh, and get some knowledge about it and yeah but we put it out we put it we pulled out a design for her uh, <laughs> with like using many many resources <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good.
0: Yeah. Uh, so you talked a little bit about Florida endemic natural habitats like the Miami Pine Rocklands and the Rockland Hammocks. They're super beautiful and unique. So how do you adapt the beautiful backcountry and use that as inspiration to fit in Miami's manicured design culture?
1: <laughs> I mean, I think that's one of the things that we very consciously have gotten into this uh, business and is that I think there's a misconception to believe that um, native uh, ornamental residential gardens are messy and they have to look very wild and the truth is that there are many uh, many native plants that are versatile enough that you can accommodate them in a uh, formal, you know, more stylish uh, garden. So, of course, you know, there's points in which uh, clients like the natural look. And then we have more, I guess, leeway to, you know, use different types of, you know, colors, textures, sizes. Um, but then the beauty of, of of native plants is that they can also serve the same purpose that, you know, exotic plants <laughs> are (laughs) there at least aesthetically yeah exactly and And they offer
2: more naturally to like uh, wildlife and the ecosystem yeah but another thing is like you know a residential landscape needs to function uh wanted or not as much as you want to do in your yard unless you like really really like go extreme and 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 surrender your 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 land your lot to nature uh, the most, uh, most cases, I mean, families, kids, they need open spaces in the yard. You need uh, like walkways to different, uh, like, section of your, of your property. You bring all those native, but always considering that the house, the, the, the property needs to function. And that's when you come down to, I mean, it, it's like you do the same thing everybody's doing out there with like Clusias and, and Podocarpus and that's what you see down here in every house but you just uh, substitute the plant for a native that suits conditions. the conditions that you want to like uh, uh, f- for the lot, you know, for the property, for the client. Yeah. So clients want, they want to designate areas for like a wild loop more naturalistic. And that's awesome. That's, uh, I mean, I really enjoyed that because that's when you really try to imitate what you see down in the Everglades, in the Pike Rocklands. <laughs> but on, uh, when that's not happening, it's also really uh, like uh, joyful because you know that every single, like, uh, Simpson-stopper are planting on a hedge, substituting a, what could have been a polocarpus hedge. I mean, that's like food for wildlife there. Like there's nectar, there's, there's fruit for birds. Uh, that's a really resilient plant that doesn't need irrigation. So every time I plant one of those, instead of uh, somebody is planting a podocarpus or a clusia, like a step on the right direction. It's like a...
1: Yeah. And then, yeah, I guess it's also... You know, this mounting that means that native gardens are look messy and you know wild looking. And no, I I think there's so many versatile plants that you can use in especially highly dense populated areas like mm-hmm. Miami, for example. That not only you have to deal with uh, you know that uh, you also I mean you also have to deal with the like, buildings. You know uh, streets uh, concrete tons of concrete, you know um, so and, and the plants adapt that beautiful and I guess it's the most sustainable way We are wasting too much water trying to keep exotic plants alive. We are you know polluting the bay with all of the pesticides
0: and fertilizers. yeah, yeah. it's it's a good thing about natives. so I know that you design and install maintain <laughs> your landscapes that sounds like
2: mm-hmm. a lot so yes how, it is a lot is <laughs> how do a lot.
0: you do it well we do
2: have help uh, we have a few employees that we've been training uh, that's also really hard to find people like with the training and the knowledge to maintain properly maintain uh, landscapes either exotic or native on one hand it's really difficult uh, but on the other hand you are in control of that work of art from beginning to end you know you can Adjust, change uh, in in every aspect of in a, of the process. You know, yeah. It's like we, we start by visiting the client, at least uh, hearing what are their needs, what are what are the wishes for the property, mm-hmm. and from there if we come down here to, to the office, to the house, and start with the design. Also, being on in the field and being out there doing the installation complements your work in the table in the computer with in, in the mm-hmm. designing process because you get to know the plants you get to know your materials so much that when you are designing you feel so uh, well, like yeah. certain uh, mm-hmm. about, about what plant to use how does it, how does this plant specifically react like in this condition because you mm-hmm. already saw it doing beautiful in one project and then you saw it struggling in another project and you get to know your materials you know yeah
1: we see select- like you know, we handpick every single plant we install. You know, we go to all of the nurseries. Check for like plant quality. Plant quality, you know, we talk about, uh, also with people that are way more experienced than, uh, you know, than us, that's been in the business for, you know, 20 plus years. We We're always like asking questions, you know, talking about like what's new, what we haven't seen before. Uh, you know, is there enough inventory?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you actually, know. that's a, that's a, so we hear that there's a lot of difficulty finding native plants and using them in ornamental landscape. So is native plant availability a challenge for you and how do you deal with that?
2: It is a challenge. It is a challenge, but I mean, you, you adapt to what's uh, out there because us being out there so much and uh, in the, as much in the nursery as in the field doing the work. You adapt, you know, you you know that your design has to accommodate to what's available in the nurseries, and still, uh, you could design today, and the project uh, uh, to go and do the installation takes like a month, and everything you plan for, or the either the 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 plants are run out, or it's out of season, Mm -hmm. or uh, and then you have to readjust to that.
1: I mean, what happens also is that I think this is a new growing business. You know, in Florida, and yes, there should be more plants. There should be less exotic plants of it,
0: right? There you go. Yes.
1: <laughs> then, because then, if you compare the number of nurseries, you know, selling exotic, exotic plants, plants, yeah, it's outrageous. So there should be more nurse more availability. Yes. Yeah, yeah the yes.
2: availability. The, yes. the few that they, that are that there are out there. The, it, it would be really helpful if there's more nurseries selling them. Yeah. Selling native
1: plants.
2: Selling native plants. Native. Like, for example, there is a plant that is really underutilized down mm-hmm. here, and I think it makes it all the way to like mid Florida. Uh, the mirsin is a super versatile oh. plant. It's a plant that tolerates as well shade as a full sun. And we, there's only one nursery that sells wow. in, in 15 gallons. And we use that plant. I think we are maybe the only people <laughs> down here in South Florida <laughs> that use every since. because thanks God they have a limited stock that once those are finished I don't know what we're gonna do we're not gonna be able to use maybe more machines because yeah. nobody else has every down here
0: for for any of, of the people listening to the podcast they need to know that if they want to start a nursery in South Florida there's definitely a demand. So is there yes. any other species that you would recommend, say someone that's going to start a native nursery to focus on growing?
2: Well, uh, like down here, pretty much every house has a, a hedge. It, it occupies a lot of the uh, the properties uh, area, you know? Mm-hmm. So any hedge, privacy hedge that you want to build, it takes a lot of plants. Usually people go for 15 gallon plants or seven, seven or 15. Those plants... They, is the ones you buy the most when you go and do a a project. And those are the ones least available. I mean, you can, I I think you can open a nursery with like seven gallon and 15 gallon plants for living uh, hedges. Down here. (laughs) We we just need that person.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, some, some of the skills that you developed as an artist, uh, how would you say that they translate over to this new business?
2: Mm, All of them. Yeah. All of them, yeah. Because we are, we still see all the process as a making art. It's a leading work of art. That's how we approach the what we do, you know. So all we study in art school: drawing, design, sculpture, photography. <laughs> it's like on every step of the of the way.
1: Even you know pictures for Instagram. Yes, even <laughs> um, like, like, oh, cropping the picture. Right <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Angle. Yeah, cropping
2: um, the, <laughs> the picture the, the right way so you don't lose balance in the image. I mean, it's like on a yeah. big scale, you
1: know. No, and, and the other thing is that we definitely celebrate, you know, the different textures, colors, you know, shapes uh, uh, that that the plants, you know, bring. Design or like each garden is a canvas,
0: mm-hmm. right? uh that's yeah. yeah, that's a beautiful way to think about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. is there anything that has been really surprising about this business?
2: Uh, yeah, I actually surprised so it when on a good way or
0: <laughs> well, actually, or it's, a, yeah, in a good way, but also in in like a difficult way. <laughs> well,
2: on the, on a good way, yeah, we were surprised we were afraid of like how many people were, were going to be interested in offering their land to the possibility of having native plants on their on the, on the, on the land, you know? And for a surprise, on a good way, there are a lot of people yeah. looking <laughs> for...
1: The demand, the mm-hmm. demand of you know, people wanting sustainable you know, native yards. It's, it, that's been very surprising. That's the,
2: the, the good surprise of the business and they not as good surprise or like the to convince those that are not uh, looking for a service go native yeah. that's the toughest we our house is fully uh, planted like fully native and our one of our beautiful uh awesome uh, fr- uh, neighbor right adjacent to a lot is the opposite of what we do and we <laughs> we love each other but we talk so many times little by little try to convince him to like don't do it all at once Let's just stick one plant no, one no, native no, no, no. plant in your, in your property and it's been like what five years and we haven't been able <laughs> we haven't been able to stick one tiny plant native plant in his uh, in his property
0: So what are some skills say that if, if somebody wanted to join you in the business of designing what are some skills that they had they would have to work on and develop before they really really thought about going into the business
2: Multicultural mostly. Yeah, uh, like experience planting, how to, how, uh, manipulating plants. Uh, yeah, I think that's the most important, how to manipulate the plants at the time of planting. Uh, sounds simple, uh, might look simple, but a lot of the success in your, there's a lot of care and time you need to, to spend doing that, uh, like, face right, you know?
0: What about skills like just like time management or um, just business related that someone might not know? Um,
1: Yes, definitely. We (laughs) jumped into this, you know, and learning a lot about, you know, permits, right? Um, Taxes. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Tons of hours of Googling. But at the same time, I think those are kind of like things that are skills inherent to any small business, Hmm. right? You know, you have to have your books, right? I don't know. There's so many things, you know, like, because we do from like marketing to like our own website, Mm. you Mm. know, a business
2: card. Yeah, it's not only Holti culture. Yeah, because I'm (laughs) I'm more like obsessed with that part and... But yeah, the, all this other part that, thanks God, Natalia, Natalia's uh, on top of it. Uh, yeah, it's like, it's
0: as important as the other side. It's the other half of the business, you know? Is that how you guys organize yourselves? Do one of you have a bigger role like I on wish the I, can,
2: I wish mm-hmm. I can interfere more in what Natalia do, <laughs> but I can't <laughs> because, I mean, she's a, kind of a pro doing that. But she does intervene in what I do a lot. She's all the time with the, like in the field, you know. Yes,
1: that's true. I love to. I'd rather be more in the field than in front of a computer. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Processing invoices and.
2: <laughs> but that that's so important. How to do it? How to do it right? Calendar. Oh my god, the calendar.
1: Yeah, there many things. I mean, especially coming from the arts, I'm gonna say math has been oh, a yeah. challenge for
2: us yeah calculating <laughs> areas. areas and volume and yeah. and amounts <laughs> I'm so, quantities I'm of so ashamed uh ashamed <laughs> of saying that i
0: get. So,
1: you know volumes and ah, yeah how, how
2: not to have leftover material that's a big challenge which yeah. come back to math <laughs> 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 they should have a, they should teach math in art school more yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <there you> <laughs>
0: I have another question here for you. It's going to be switching gears a little bit, but... So when you're training the, the, you know, the owners of, of the houses and the homeowners, are you also spending the time to train the people that you, ha- like your employees, or do you... Ha- how do you, just how do you manage the training your employees? Do you hire people well, that are... Already the
2: the, the employees that are trained on the go. That's, <laughs> uh, as we go, they, I'm teaching and the ones that already know... Teach the other ones that are Uh new. And it's like an ongoing process. The clients, we go there. We go there an evening, a morning, and uh, yeah, pruners in hand, and we do it together the first time. And, or I do it, and they look, and then they do it. Uh, Yeah, it's like it's on the go. Most of them only speak Spanish. Mm -hmm. And most, like I I would say, 99% of the information out there is in English. All the courses or the, the, the literature about the uh, horticulture is in English. So I would have loved to like uh, get him into like UF, uh, IFAS extension and make them go to all the courses, get all the certifications, but they are in English. Yeah, so this, uh, that's why I have to take the, receive the knowledge and orally uh, <laughs> transmitted. transmitted to to our employees, you know? Yeah. So that's something that could be like maybe worked on in the future, making more, more of these courses in Spanish.
0: Yeah, definitely. You're not the only one that has identified that, that, problem and it's really not on the workers it's more on like the education piece and the inclusivity yes. of. of mm-hmm. I mean even you go from Spanish to like
1: Creole oh right? yeah you know there's a big Haitian community here that work uh um, as laborers as well and um and that they definitely would you know uh Love to have more information about native, because you know the more people we get in the business, business, everybody benefits. You can grow within the business. I
0: mean, and that also goes to show how diverse specific jobs can be in the native plant industry. It doesn't always mean being a grower or a seller. It could also be being the the creator of content that is accessible to as many languages as possible, or as many people as possible if they don't have a science background and this is something of interest it could also mean being highly scientific and filling up the the holes of research that we we still are missing with some species and um some some ecosystems so there's diverse amount of skills that are needed to help our industry move forward work Mm -hmm. if there's anything else that you would say to anyone that wants to join the industry in the future? What else would you tell them?
1: I'm going to say that even though this is, you know, a business, you know, for profit, you established your business, never stop preaching. Yeah, never stop preaching. <laughs> never stop preaching. Stop preaching. Yeah. And in the sense that you're always going to have to be educating and that's going to be a big chunk of the time that you spend with your client and is educating. Uh, I'm going to say good 25% of the conversations that we have with everybody (laughs) with everybody pretty much (laughs) is about how important is to preserve you know you don't get paid back for saying those things (laughs) but if you don't say then you're not going to make money Mm -hmm. and you're not going to convince you know people that what you're doing is the right thing
2: yeah and another thing I, i i for a landscape designer the Mm -hmm. sooner or the more time he spends or she spends in the field, either on a nursery working, uh, like potting plants, weeding, or with uh, another landscape company doing like planting, manipulating plants, is super beneficial. It's going to complement greatly whatever you do on the paper. The better your designs are going to be, the more they are going to last, Uh, the healthier they are going to look, The less you're gonna have to go and replace plants, the less your client is gonna call you, you need to know your materials. Go and look at them in the nursery, go and look at them in the wild, spend time in the wild, see how they behave in the wild. So you can, you know what you're you're dealing with in your designs, you know?
0: And that is what we have today from Nominated Landscapes, Mauricio and Natalia. Thank you very much. It is so much fun to sit here with you and learn more about your business. And we hope that you had as much fun as we did recording this podcast. And uh, as a reminder, subscribe right now to Go Native, the business of Native Plants. New episodes every month. And make sure to go visit our website at nativeplanthort.org to learn more. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.